Hi friends, welcome to Moon Juice, where we have the conversations we crave. It's your host, Asia Takara. My audio is so bad in this one, I apologize. It's a bit glitchy and echoey, but the message is there. I have Tiffany Nguyen here today, and we talk about codependency and incompatibility. Oh my god, it's a harsh reality to face but it can lead to the most growth if you choose to grow from it. I was interested in talking to Tiffany about her experience with toxic relationships because she talks about it in her podcast, Return to Calm, and she's all about inner peace and healing from toxic relationships. And she also refers to the human design, which is kind of like another personality test, like the Myers-Briggs or the Enneagram, but a bit more mystical. So I kind of look at it like the Myers-Briggs mixed with astrology. She's also offering free human design consultations now through November, so you might want to check it out. Enough with the intro, let's get to it. Tiffany. Hi. Welcome to Moon Juiced. (laughs) Thank you for having me. So let's go ahead and just get into what it is that you're doing right now. And I listened to a lot of episodes from your podcast. So you sound like you're doing a lot. So go ahead and just introduce yourself. Thank you. I am doing a lot. I just think I'm trying to really hone in on what my purpose is, but it's funny. The whole theme keeps coming back to you mentioned return to calm. Everything that I'm really seeking, even for my own personal um, life, is all about just finding the inner peace, finding a way through this world through calm. It's so chaotic and noisy. And I mean, I even did a whole like break off of social media two years ago and then I found podcasts and then I got hooked on the podcast so there's always so much you know coming at us but I love the ability to the power to choose pick and choose where we're getting our information from yeah and I've got retreats that I'm starting to schedule I'm a host in another group divine feminine alchemy Um, I have like I said I have my podcast I'm actually utilizing the podcast to write a book so yeah, I have a lot awesome. going on. What is divine feminine alchemy? That sounds magical. It is magical. Our whole goal is for it to be sacred and magical. So we've created a Facebook group and an Instagram page, and we're just starting to just talk, you know, like have a really beautiful a feminine community to talk about things that are a little bit deeper in the self-care realm. A little bit more magical leading into, um, you know, finding space to talk about things that are just all about diving deep. You know, we're really honing in on the energies of the moon cycles and kind of creating themes around those. So it's just a safe place, a community for women to talk and figure things out and vent. It sounds amazing. I have like a list of questions uh, that I was preparing for you, but I feel like I'm probably going to go off of it because I love, I love your story. And I also, I just love returning to calm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love Zen philosophy too. In college, I was 
predominantly studying uh, Chinese philosophy. So I was drawn in by your relationship from the past, um, how you, you were saying how you're a survivor of a toxic relationship. And there's just so much to say on that topic. And I mean, I've, I've gone through more than one of those. So I'm excited and honored to be talking to you about, about your experience. Thank you. I know it's been a struggle talking about it because honestly, it was so bad that even me talking about it um, during the Me Too movement is when I started to talk about it. I really felt like I needed to start talking about it after I healed many years. I had a lot of PTSD immediately when I left. I went to therapy. I found someone to help me. I also met my current husband quite quickly after that. So he firsthand saw like how kind of in shambles emotionally I was, and I experienced a lot of PTSD, just breaking free from that continual repetitive, like controlling and demanding of someone else. Um, and it just, it kind of haunted me. Like it physically actually did, did haunt me when I left him. I had um, a couple uh, times a black shadow person or whatever you want to call it. It was like a figure and I woke up and it was like staring at me like it was in the corner of my room and that really jolted me. Um, so it's just been a really long journey of being able to clear all of that bad energy out, finding my voice, finding myself and my healing and again that returning to calm and sharing the story because when I started sharing it during that Me Too movement, about two years ago, he completely just harassed me. I never used his name at all. Like he doesn't have a million dollars, so he has nothing to lose. But he was all about like cease and assist and where do you live? And he just really attacked me and it was quite horrible. And so for a while, I, I stopped talking about it because I didn't want anything to hurt the people I love. You know, I didn't want him to be vindictive. And then just recently, there, I just can't find any reason to continue to be silent. And I'm not even talking about him. Like I've come to a place in my healing process where I'm not the victim anymore. Cause for a while I was, and I was mad and I was like, well, he did this and this, but I've now taken responsibility for my choices. And yes, I stayed. Yes. I was part of it. Yes. I enabled him and all those things. And I've, been able to share and I'm writing my book about it from that perspective like okay you may be in the situation as well so let's evaluate like what responsibilities do you have and it's perfectly okay you might not even know it's all subconscious um so being able to share it that way I think really helps even it coming from a place of power rather than like the victim story Totally. Was it a long relationship? Yeah, I was with him for 10 years. Wow. And I tried a lot of things. I tried to move out about seven times, which I just recently found out the average amount of time that um, to try and move out like from an abusive relationship is 12. So I was like, oh, I'm pretty good. Seven's pretty good then. Because I always felt bad. Like, oh, I'm such an idiot. Like I tried seven times. It took me so many times. Yeah, so I was with him for 10 years. 
we met in a really safe, which I thought was a safe place. We met at a church. Um, I was young and I kept trying to fix it through external ways. So even eventually I said, okay, well, we need to be like normal. Cause he would always say, I'm never going to marry you. And I was like, so my self-worth was so low. I was able, I was like, okay, I'll accept that. Like, I don't, I don't think I'm going to deserve anyone else's love. So, all right, I'll settle for not marrying. I'll just be like the woman. And um, then finally at year eight, I was like, this, this isn't going to work unless you're willing to marry me. So then he was like, okay, I'll marry you, but it had to be on his terms. So even then it just was like always his, his control or his terms. And then I'm so glad that never happened, but I also was like, okay, I really want kids. And so he, he was like, okay, I'll try. But he tried for one month and he was like, I can't do it. And I'm like, okay, then this, this is not going to work. This is not going to happen with him. I mean, my relationships didn't last 10 years, but I had been in a few that were pretty, pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and with where I'm at now, I like to psychoanalyze myself <laughs> so much. <laughs> and so I'm curious, like, with you, what do you think led you to, to this relationship? I know I, I'm right there with you and psychoanalyzing everything. And for a while I blamed my parents and I blamed Christianity and I blamed being like being uh, sheltered and naive, which definitely probably had a point in it. Um, but I honestly think that it was just part of my trial and error and my story um not to like give a well there really is no answer it just kind of is like it's it's part of my karma it's part of my story and my journey and I'm doing a lot of research right now on my human design I don't know if you've heard of human design yeah I have so I'm a 6-2 meaning that I it's called like role model slash hermit and the sixth line is very complicated where you this you kind of mimic the third line where the first third of your life you have a lot of trial and error and you have a lot of difficulty and I kept racking my brain about it because I'm like I had a really good childhood I live I grew up in a really beautiful affluent town you know I, I was safe I was coddled I was loved I got everything I wanted I was spoiled I had my own horse you know it's like what went wrong? Why, what happened? And it just, it just, I really just think it was like my life lesson and my, it was my karma. And the self-worth for me was in the toilet and it was not something my parents could fix ever. Like looking back on it, I always remember my dad always telling me I was beautiful. He was always affirming me, but I just didn't believe it ever. And I looked at everything outside myself to solidify my self-worth and you know it just it always came back to the conclusion that I'm not worth anything that I really truly desire and I'm just gonna settle for what I get and I was drawn to things that weren't healthy for me which I guess is also part of the sixth line in human design which was him and I always laugh because I was just telling my five-year-old by the way it's like she's too young to know but she was asking me and um I was like, yeah, he was really handsome. Um, 
he was like a cool drink of water, but he was candy coated misery. Like, so I was attracted to that, you know? <laughs> that's actually, that's a really good way to look at it because same with me. I grew up in such a loving household. I've always been loved, just very nurtured. And then when I was a teenager, I ended up in the most abusive relationships. And, um, I mean, it wasn't until like the last couple of years where I started to go into personal development and therapy to try to understand what those patterns were all about. But that's a, that's a neat perspective that you have that it's just, it was a part of the learning journey and it was trial and error. And maybe it doesn't always have to mean something about your childhood. Yeah, it could have been something from my past life that I needed to work through. Like, and I know growing up as a Christian, like they don't believe that. So that's why it was such a mystery to me for quite some time until I started diving more deeper into different spirituality and ideas. Um, yeah, but it, it could, it could just very well be like your journey. And as yeah. long as you're safe, like I just have to preface, like you really need to have enough self-worth to know, like you need to be safe. Like for me, I was done and I wasn't putting up with his crap anymore once he hit me and it only took one hit. And I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm moving out. Like we're not healthy. I love you. I want to continue working on our relationship through therapy, but I need to be out of the house. And it was so strange how that was like my line, you know, whereas some people it's not. And some people, their line is like, you talk to me, like really mean, I'm not going to talk to you ever again. Like Everyone has their their line of what they draw on the sand, their boundaries. Sometimes, at least in my experience, after, after you've been dis disrespected enough times, at some point, you just become so unattracted to the person. Yeah. Um, and not to get all, again, magical on you, but mine really was around my Saturn return. When you're between 28 and 30 is when your Saturn return is, and it comes around to kind of wake you up. And that was my awakening and um, that the, the hit. And then I went off to a trip, you know, with my family and saw how like the outside world, like really enjoyed life and family and games. And it really fulfilled me and it like fulfilled my soul. And then coming back into my house and in this isolated, just him and I like situation. And at the time I wasn't talking to my parents or my sister or anybody. I only had coworkers as friends. Um, yeah, it just, it just wakened me up to like, I'm not, I don't want to live like this the rest of my life really. And yeah. that's probably why it took so many years too, is I kept thinking that I could fix it. And then every time we'd have a conversation, which was probably once or twice a week, his solution was always like, oh, well, all you have to do is this and this, the problem solved. And I'm such a problem solver. I kept trying, not realizing that he was taking zero responsibility and he was putting all the responsibility on me to improve the relationship or to be hotter, be sexier, be, you know, smarter, be whatever, more sophisticated. It was, yeah, you can't take that on on yourself. And yeah unfortunately it took me like 10 years I'm glad it's only taken you shorter time to be like okay like even though that one punch wasn't it like you still were able to wake up and say you know what like I'm just done with you disrespecting me yeah absolutely my older sisters they have very long-term like healthy relationships and 
I always looked at myself in comparison to them, asking myself, how did I end up in so many bad relationships? And it's because they knew what they didn't want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So after getting out of all those relationships, I had to just know exactly what I didn't want. And I mean, at this point in my life now, I'm not, I'm not with anyone. So I'm just like learning more about myself before I get into another relationship. Yeah, that's key. That's key. I never really invested in myself. And I think it was quite um, of a miracle, I guess you could call it, that I'm with someone who has allowed me so much freedom and is like very healthy for me to have doing all of my self-care while I'm with them. It's really hard to do that normally though. Like normally you're with someone else, you kind of get in the groove with them and they kind of influence you in different ways. And it's hard to really truly dive deep into your self-care. So I think you have a perfect opportunity right now to just really like do a lot of inner child work, really love on her and see what does she need you know, allow your soul's light to shine, do more research about, you know, you and your human design and, you know, your zodiac signs and all of that stuff, you know, finding your path and then the universe will bring and attract you exactly who you need. Yeah, totally. My intention right now is to just learn more about my, my own anxieties because I I ended up developing anxiety around dating and relationships because I didn't want to deal with any of the feelings that arose when I was going through all this toxicity. So yeah, and I'm sure you still have the pattern of, you know, I don't not, don't want to, I don't know any of your design or anything, but I'm assuming usually us, you know, people who put up with the crap, we're people pleasers. And there's that element, right, of like, Oh, so the anxiety comes in. It's like, well, I don't want to say no. And I don't want to put up boundaries, but I don't want that to happen to me again. So you're like, your body's torn, you know, between mm-hmm. people pleasing and like no more, you know, drawing your boundaries. Yeah. I mean, it came down to the point of just being radically honest with myself about how I was codependent. And that was just a reality I had to face. And I just really had to take responsibility for the common denominator in all of this toxicity and it was me. So just turning things around and looking at myself in relationship to the world and how I was being codependent, it really altered the way that I looked at relationships for sure. Beautiful. That's beautiful. I I'm I had no idea what codependency was until my therapist told me. And then I was like, what? What are you talking about? (laughs) I'm not codependent. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Yeah, it's a, it's a reality. I think it's, it's something that I have to just keep in check with a lot of the time, especially when it comes to relationships, because it's a learned behavior or pattern stemming from, I don't know when, like how you, like how we were talking about earlier. Probably. Yeah. Since you're one or two. And it, it'll yeah. probably depend on what centers you have open in your human design chart, meaning your center is undefined. And so you amplify the defined person's center around you. And you kind of take in, like people say, I'm empathic. That just might also mean you have a lot of open centers. And so like you take in a lot of energy around you. Um, that's really what you're doing is if you have a certain open center. Yeah. yeah. 
that's which kind of then gears you towards like being the quote unquote, like, as we call it in this world, people pleaser. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With the people pleasers, there's, there's a lot of us in the world. So if you're not alone, like we, we tend to be empathic, which then narcissists um, tend to suck all our energy and, you know, like kind of prey on us and we let them walk all over us. And I found that I had a lot of codependent relationships in my life, like all the way down to my aunt and my parents, like everybody. I was like, whoa, this is rocking me to the core. And I had to draw certain boundaries with my own parents. Like I very much depended on them. And I would talk to my mom every day, but it would be an unhealthy talk. It would be like, I'm complaining about my marriage situation because my husband's working too much. And when he comes home, he's tired and I don't get the attention I need. And instead of like focusing in on what I needed to do for my self-care, it was kind of like a, well, you need to start planning on like packing your bags and you're more than welcome to stay with us. And I totally get they were trying to protect me. And, but it was, I was feeding that like divorce fire, if you will, rather than really working on myself and my marriage. And um, yeah, so those are examples of ways that I was codependent on them. Mm -hmm. And then I drew the line like, okay, well, I can't keep feeding that fire. So I'm happy to talk to you, but I can't talk about that. So like, those are kind of signs that you're in a codependent relationship. If it's like, you're kind of always interacting with somebody in an unhealthy way. And then when you start to try and act healthy, they're like, I don't know what to do. Like, what do you mean? I, you don't want to talk to me anymore kind of a thing. So, and for myself to keep, and it's probably bad guarded, but where I'm at right now, like, I don't consider, like, I don't, I've had to remove myself from my child. Like my inner child has said, okay, like I am my own parent to my inner child. My parents aren't anymore. You know how you kind of depend on your parents like for emotional support, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, when you feel sad, like maybe someone said something mean and you run to your mom when you're a kid, you get a hug. Like you don't Mm. actually grow out of those things. Your inner child always needs like a little bit of reassurance from your parents. Um, It was something that I had to teach myself to be my own parent for myself and do meditations and do um, deeper self-care rather than running to my mom and calling her up. I just didn't. Yeah. Like essentially just choosing to become an adult basically. Yeah. 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 So in the sense, I, I, I see them as my the guides that were given to me in this lifetime and I appreciate them but it's not like oh mommy daddy anymore if that makes sense that totally makes sense do you think that when um you were kind of losing touch with your parents is that when you fell into your toxic relationship I think when I idolized him and I thought that I had like the best guy and I because my self-worth was so low I didn't have a lot of dating experience a lot of guys didn't really want to take me on dates because I wasn't the popular hot one you know I was always like the role model like especially I went to a Christian school and church (laughs) I was always kind of in leadership type roles so they didn't that wasn't very attractive and they didn't know how to like handle that like do I take her on a date do I not And it seemed like looking back, all the guys who actually did want to take me on a date, they couldn't legally because I was still a child (laughs) and they were an adult. Mm -hmm. 
I felt like, oh my gosh, like this guy is hot. He's tall. His family is like super high in the church. So like they're, they have money, like they have nice things. And so I put him on a pedestal and I idolized him. That's when I really fell into the codependent unhealthy relationship. And I put myself down here because I didn't really value myself as anything more than just this, you know, kind of ugly girl who's super lucky she got this guy. Mm. Back when I got into toxic relationships, I was really interested in drama. I just, I got a high off of drama unconsciously too. Then afterwards I started just putting my worth in my body. I'm, I'm happy to have grown out of that, or at least when you're out of those relationships, you can take a step back and just see what, what happened. Because when you're in those relationships, it's kind of like you're, you're in an addiction. Like you're just, you're in an addictive relationship. You're just addicted to the highest highs and the lowest lows. And even after I got out of those relationships, unconsciously I was seeking those high highs and low lows because that's what I craved from the people that I had been in love with usually the healthiest ones are quite boring (laughs) because how did you how did you turn how did you turn that around and like find your husband and tell me about that oh my gosh that was just such a universe like giving me a gift so I you know freed myself I felt like I freed myself of everything that bound me to my ex, even my job. I was like, because he kept saying that you need to stay, we need your money, and I was unhappy in it. So I just was like, oh, I'm free. I'm free to quit my job. And I didn't think about like financial repercussions. I was just like, I'm free. Um, But we met because I started this new business um, training horses. Like I mentioned before, I had horses as a child. I thought I could do it. My body did not like it at all. It was not my right path, but it was something that got me out of, you know, being in the corporate world. And uh, I met him through that. We both thought that we were middle-aged women and like we met up and he was like, oh, he told me the story like later on, obviously. He didn't say it in the moment, but he's like, oh crap, she's really hot. And honestly, I was like the ugliest ugly I've ever been. I had not showered for like two days. I did not do my hair. I had no makeup on. And for him to think I was hot, that was like, oh my gosh, like awesome. Like I don't have to do anything. (laughs) You know, the whole image of like, oh, you always have to make sure you have makeup and all that. Mm. so yeah he he we clicked right away he was really kind and I felt safe because at first I was like oh I should have like brought a chaperone like I didn't think he was a guy and um because we were meeting for the first time over horses and he took me we talked on the phone he took me on a date and he you know kissed me there on the first date and it was just like a huge love bomb spark Um, I would say, I have to say I really lucked out and or the universe provided me the right person because I really didn't do anything but just free myself of any like thought processes of the past. I was completely 100% purely like aligned with just being me and free. Mm. No makeup, you know, all that stuff, just whatever. Um, And yeah, we clicked and I don't know 
I don't know if that's really good advice other than just to like <laughs> completely be yourself, you know, no, no social labels or expectations to put on yourself as well. Yeah. I think, I think okay. the hardest part for me personally was always just acknowledging who I really am and trusting that someone would love that because I always had a story in my previous relationships that they never really liked me. So yeah, that's a toxic thought to, to bring to your relationships. So you really have to be good with you and just trust and literally love yourself. Full breadth of, I love every single flaw I have. I love me to the inside and out. And I'm here for some reason that I'm discovering continually every day. And yeah, loving yourself all by yourself is how you're going to attract, you know, that right person for you. Is that how you felt before you met your husband? Yeah, I felt so utterly free of all of the expectations put on me. I always had to have my nails done. I had to have my hair done. Like I had to look like a magazine cover every day and like toes had to be painted. If there was any chip on my nail polish, it was like, oh, you need to go to your nails or like, you need to go redo your toes. Mm -hmm. And then I would be loved and accepted. It's like to be free from that overbearing like idea and person, it just was so incredibly a breath of fresh air. I could let my hair down. And like I said, I met him completely. Like I had probably hadn't showered for two days. <laughs> like I, I was like in the grossest garb because I'm like, I'm going to go to see the horses. I'm going to get dirty anyways. And it was just like my aura and me is what he was attracted to. Not all of the superficial stuff. Totally. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Tiffany. Is there anywhere that we can find you? on your social media or websites or anything? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram at return to calm mom. And then Facebook, I have the same name as a group if you wanna join the group. And then I'm also, like I said, a co-host in Divine Feminine Alchemy. And that's another great, actually, I need to specify that because I think it's Divine Feminine Alchemy Circle is the group name. Perfect, cool. Well, thank you so much. That's yeah, awesome. you're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. All right. There was a lot there. Again, I'm sorry for the shitty quality. I guess the microphone on my end decided not to work, but whatever. You know, if I could go back in time and miss out on all the shitty relationships from the past, I actually wouldn't do it. I'm grateful to have experienced that dark part of the universe because it showed me that being in a toxic relationship is an outward reflection of a toxic relationship that you really have with yourself. So a way to empower your relationship with yourself is by taking responsibility for your part in the shittiness and own your codependent patterns so you can keep yourself in check from here on out. Those relationships from my past were really reflections of my self-esteem at the time and 
it forced me to work on myself if I wanted to be a better person and if I wanted to stop feeling like shit. They made me have more compassion because of the intense emotional experiences that come with toxic relationships. And with that, they made me feel things, even though they weren't very pleasant. I mean, they were... They were fucking traumatizing, if anything. But the point is that I experienced life, and that's what we're here for. I hope you enjoyed this episode. DM me if you want to continue the conversation on this topic. Thank you for tuning in, and until next time.